God bless you, everyone. This is Joshua Cooper, and you are listening to A Word for Today. I trust and believe that you are blessed and highly favored according to the scriptures. Today, we are going to be listening to part two of the interview with T.D. Jakes, How to Build Your Vision from the Ground Up. I believe it's going to be a blessing to your life. Would you do me a favor? Would you share this with somebody? Like it, share it. Tell somebody that this interview is powerful. This interview changed my life. And I believe that it is going to be an instrument to change yours. Without further ado, I'm going to just say a word of prayer. And I'll see you at the end. Father, I just thank you, God, that you bless your people wherever they are. Whoever's listening to this, God, meet every need. And be there in every situation like your word professes you are, Father. We thank you, Master, for your glory and for your mighty, mighty power in Jesus' name. Amen. Without further ado, here's part two. God bless. Important. It's very, very important. There are people in this room that have dormant seeds laying inside of them. That if they get in the right atmosphere, they're going to turn into things you have never seen before. They didn't always have the benefit of parents who could see it or had time to see it or knew how to see it. But even as adults, there are still seeds down in you that have not been touched yet. That's what happened to Elisha. He was fulfilling his parents' vision. Plowing in the field. That boy wasn't no farmer. (laughs) Just because you can run a plow doesn't mean you're a farmer. But sometimes we get stuck in what people expect. And we never find out who we are because we're living somebody else's dream. And so there he is plowing in the field doing what his daddy wanted. Going around and said, I guess this is all life has for me. And he's going around and around in circles. Like many people are listening to me right now. You go to work, go to church, go home. Go to work, go to church, go home. Go to work, go to church, go home. You're plowing around and around in circles. Until Elijah passed by him. And then he was exposed to something. The moment he was exposed to something greater, he dropped something lesser. You understand what I'm saying? Got it. That's why conversations like this are important. Because really, I'm not throwing seeds. I'm throwing fertilizer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if it hits a seed, it's going to give birth to companies and businesses and books and artistry and drama and all kinds of stuff that's in this room that people never have given themselves permission to burn their plow. That's what this book is all about, Pastor. It is about, I'm not against people working a job, but we have entrepreneurs in a job and you're frustrating the company and you. Nobody likes you. They don't like you. Let, let, me, let me ask you this because... Uh... Because you're scared of what I'm getting ready to say. <laughs> I think that's a very tweetable moment. They don't like you at Bishop Jakes. So true. They don't like you. Touch your neighbor and say they don't like you. No, I just want to clarify because it seems like entrepreneurism, entrepreneur is a trendy title these days. Mm-hmm. You hear it more and more. Mm-hmm. It's not a weird thing anymore. It's kind of sexy to post, you know, on my grind and, uh, you know, what do you think about that, Bishop? Because I would imagine that generationally, I know enough about how you grew up. Maybe, 
Maybe people would like to hear a little bit about what it means to you. What's the essence of entrepreneurship to you, your value system, versus how you see it being portrayed culturally now, especially in a younger generation. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, most, most of the time today when people say they're on their ground, they overslept, they're laying on the couch and they're eating cereal. <laughs> that's what it means. Yeah, that's what it means today. That is not what it meant in, in my day, and that is not what makes people successful. I have had, I, I, I have to be careful about even going down this road. I have been so blessed to get in the room with some of the most incredible people on the planet. Yeah. I had lunch the other day with the CEO of AT&T. Yeah. And we sat for hours and hours talking and interacting with each other and became friends. Last Sunday, I was invited to Oprah's house, and she launched her book. And I've seen her behind the scenes and seen how she operates, who she is, and what she does. Pretty nice place. (laughs) 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 Instead of burning my plow, when I came home, I started to burn down my house. (laughs) I said, I'll set it on fire. The insurance will pay for it. I've seen people who were on their grind. I've seen Steve Harvey's on his grind. I've seen people on their grind. What on the grind really is, is a work ethic that would blow your mind. It would blow your mind. I'm 60 years old, and everybody who works for me is younger than me, and they'll tell you, I'll work you up under the table. I'll work you up under the table. Where does that come from? My father. My father, absolutely. My father is real. My, let me tell you, this chair is about to break. <laughs> my father's sitting here, and my mother is sitting here, and they're wow. fighting for the mic from moment to moment. My grandmother talks to you every now and then. All of my ancestors are sitting on this table all the way back to Nigeria. Ancestors were Igbos mm-hmm. from Nigeria, and Igbos are called black Jews. That they're industrious, that they go after things, that they're hardworking people. So all the way back in my DNA, we were self-sufficient, mm-hmm. and all of them are sitting here, folks whose name I can't even call. So what we're talking about is culture, okay, and not not racial culture, family culture. Mm-hmm. Where, where the demonstration of what my father decided what grinding was. <laughs> you weren't grinding till daddy said you were grinding. Gotcha. <laughs> Take your hands out your pocket, boy, like you got a million dollars in your pocket. They trained us mm-hmm. not to be lazy. They talked about lazy like it was a disease. I mean, like the worst thing you could be. It was the worst yeah. thing you could be. You know, and, and, and two things to this day. I shouldn't say that in your church. I can say this about your son. I'm going to say it in your church. And I'm going to let you figure out all the mail you get. <laughs> Two things I, to this day I cannot stand is a stinking woman and a lazy man. <laughs> they like that. They like that. folks that agree with me out there. My sister got to take a bath, praise God. My sister got to, she got to throw some water here and there. I ain't talking about baptism. I'll, I'll give a brother a pass on the smelling good if he works hard. 
but don't tell me you're on the grind and you're and you're not really on the grind. Here's the problem. The Bible said Benjamin, J- Jacob was dying, laying in the bed. Talking about fathers to son. He's laying in the bed. He's dying. And he sat up. The Bible said Israel strengthened himself. Notice that Israel strengthened himself, sat up in the bed. And he said, Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning, he shall devour the prey. And in the evening, he shall divide the spoils. Notice the time clock there. Yep. In the morning, you devour the prey while you're young. Mm-hmm. 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 See there? That's the that's intensity thing I was talking about. You see that? Imagine when he has a steak knife across the table. One lady jumped back three rows just in. In the morning. I see a lady really scared out right here. My mother was a school teacher. She was dramatic. In the morning, you should devour the prey. In the evening, you should divide the spoils. If you don't devour when you're young, you'll have nothing to divide when you're old. It's incredible. I am scared to death of people who are young and saying, I just can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. I haven't made up my mind yet. I tried that. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. I think you better hurry. Right. Right. You better shoot something right now because right. youth goes quick. Right. I mean, like, he goes like a runaway slave. He goes. <laughs> youth is an underground railroad with Harry Tubman. He gets away, okay? So. <laughs> These are things I, I, I would not you say. You can't say. So you just right. a bit mild. You can't tell it, but when you're embarrassed, you turn red. God bless you. (laughs) It's going to be rough tonight. It's going to be rough tonight. It's going to be rough tonight. (laughs) In the morning, hear me, people. In the morning, devour something. Throw your whole self at something. You'll never know what you can do and what you can be until you throw your whole self at it. Devour it. I mean, devour it. Don't try it. Devour it. Attack it. Attack it like you're going to kill it. Devour the prey. And in the evening, you divide the spoils. We have it backwards today. We want to divide the spoils in the morning. So we're blinging when we ought to be devouring. See, 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 don't worry about whose name you wear when you're young. Worry about your name. God told Abraham, I will make your name great. Yeah. I will make your name great. There is an old person down inside of you that's dependent on you to be smart. It's the person you're going to be 30, 40 years from now. Do not disappoint that person by being foolish through the strongest years of your life. And then when your back is out and your knees are swollen and you can't move around, now you're out there going to get your grind on now? Mm -hmm. It is the message you tell yourself 
I'm tired. I can't do that. I don't feel like what we we become what we say to ourselves. Be good. You will never win the Olympics talking about, oh, no, I don't feel like working out today. I don't, I don't know. I'll do it when I feel like it. If I don't feel like it, I don't do it. It's because I'm not into working out. I want, I want to get the trophy. I want the trophy, but I don't want to go through what it takes to get it. You devour in the morning. You divide in the evening. And if you try something and it doesn't work, it's okay. Try something else. If my son said to me, he said, Daddy, he said, uh, uh, my baby boy, he said, uh, Daddy, I'm going to school. He's finishing up a four-year degree in musical engineering. He said, I think it's the thing I want to do. But he said at the dining room table with me, he said, but suppose I'm not. Suppose it's not. Suppose I throw everything at it, and it's really not the thing. And I leaned back over the table, and I said, don't worry about it, son. If it is not the thing, it will be the thing that leads to the thing. Okay. Let's go into that. What's been a, um, in your life, ministry or business, what's been a thing that led to a thing? I love the part in the book about Viagra, by the way. It's in the book. You have to get the book. It's just an example. Um, you're talking about Coca-Cola and other products that were discovered by accident. It's the idea that sometimes in doing something that fails, you lead to something that you didn't even know that was really the whole purpose all along. Absolutely. absolutely. All right. So give us one, 10, 20 examples of those in your life, things that you accidentally succeeded at. Every, everything in my life I stumbled into. Is that right? I stumbled into. I never thought I would be producing films. My wife and I started out doing gospel plays and going on tour during gospel plays. We had no intention that we were going to ever do movies. We were trying to do plays and trying to figure out how to do that right and losing and losing money. Went to Atlanta and, and just lost our shirts, put up the first play. And, and in the process of stumbling around, we finally figured out how to get the play kind of going good. And then I met this dude that I said, let's collaborate and do it together. And the dude was, uh, what was his name? Uh, Tyler Perry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, heard, I heard about him somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tyler Perry was fresh out of sleeping in his car. Right. And I was fresh out of money. <laughs> and so we got together and collaborated and did a play called Woman Are Loose. And we toured the country doing Woman Are Loose. And then we went to L.A. and did it. And a guy named Reuben Cannon was in the audience. You never know who's in your audience. Footnote to preachers, speakers, singers, anybody on the stage. Never adjust your performance to the crowd. Because you never know who's in the crowd. You never know. Always respect your audience with your best performance. I don't care if it's three people. One of those people might change the trajectory of your life. So Reuben Cannon was in the crowd, and he saw the play, and he said, I want to make it a movie. He said, I want to make it a movie. I didn't have, bear in mind, I didn't have no movie money. Movie and money both start with an M for a reason. Okay? When you have one, you got to have the other. But he said something to me that becomes the way business people think. They don't fail to do something because they don't have the money. He says, we'll raise the money. Let's do the movie. Listen to the difference in my attitude. I can't do it because I don't have the money. He doesn't see money as an issue. 
If you see it as an issue, it'll be a stop sign. He says, oh, we'll, we'll raise some money. So Cedric the Entertainer, and I can't remember who all, Oprah put some money in it, and different people put some money in it because he knew them. Relationships are your greatest resource. People who don't like money don't like resources because everything that's ever going to come to you is going to come through a person. That's why you got to be careful how you treat people because it's not guaranteed that it'll be somebody you like, your friend. They won't necessarily be your color and they may not have your theology. Okay? But God may use them to bless you. You know, the ravens didn't go to church, but they fed Elijah. So anyway, so we put the money together. <laughs> We put, the, we put the money together and we did this little low-budget film, film Woman Art Loose and just on a whim submitted it to the Santa Barbara Film Festival and won the festival. And all of a sudden the movie that we were going to put on TV went to screen. You see how you're stumbling into it? Yeah. It's, it's not always that you planned it, but if, if you honor where you are with your best effort... Even if it is not it, it will lead to it. So as you walk along, you stumble into it. I was telling my church Sunday, if you if you go to my stream and stream and stream our service Sunday, you get to see a big, ugly six foot two man start whimpering and lips start crumbling Got you trying good. not to cry. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea when I was pastoring in Smithers, forty people, fifty people. Smithers, West Virginia. West Virginia. On Easter, on Easter, on Easter, <laughs> 40 on Easter.